0: Hey everyone, Joe here. Uh, I wanted to intro this episode to just give you an update on what's been going on. As you know, if you've been listening for the last few weeks, I have been in Europe traveling the world and it's been a lot of fun. And we'll talk about it, I'm sure, next week when we have Elle from the NerdOut app on. That will be our next guest. But uh, I did not record enough episodes to cover this week before I left. And after 27 hours of traveling back to the States, I was not in a place yesterday to record a new podcast. So that's okay, because this episode is actually something we recorded about a year ago and just never got a chance to release. But it is it is a year old, so I just wanted to kind of clarify some of the things that may cause you to go, hmm. It's an episode about... uh, our version of the Gambit movie. I know we've mentioned doing this episode on a couple of uh, previous episodes, but th- this is the actual episode of us sitting down and and fleshing out what we would do if we did our own version of a Gambit movie. Uh, it features me, Kelly Hightower, my co-host from State of the Geek, and our good friend Ray Vargas, who's been on a lot of our movie review episodes. And so we just sat down and had a good old time talking about what we would do if we were doing the Gambit movie, and originally I was going to release this as kind of a special uh, episode, you know, around the time of our 50th episode, but for some reason, life got in the way. I didn't get a chance to get it edited in time, and so it never got released, and I got to the point where I was like, well, this this isn't good because now it's kind of out of date and you know was that going to be a problem but no it, it's not going to be a problem because uh, at comic-con this year around comic-con uh channing tatum is still trying to make the gambit movie it is it is still a thing he is still trying um i will uh put a link in the show notes about uh, his latest comments on this movie but uh it, it is still trying to be made even a year after this episode has been recorded. So we're just we're throwing it out there. Uh, I did want to let you know that when we were recording this, this was actually... ...recorded immediately after the very first episode of State of the Geek with Kelly and Ray and I. And so when we refer to being recording for three hours, we did not cut an hour and a half out of this episode. We had just finished recording the very first episode of State of the Geek, so that's what that's in reference to. Also, we talk about uh, possibly doing this as an additional episode once a month. Obviously that that did not happen... But if it's something that you enjoy, if you think this is a fun thing to do, a fun exercise to go through, let me know because I'm perfectly happy to kind of weave this into the regular rotation and make it a regular um, episode, just not a special episode because I don't think I need to add a, a fifth episode of Geektitude every month. So that's that. Um This was recorded before we were a member of the Geek2Geek network, so I would like to add here that we are proud members of the Geek2Geek network. And uh, you can comment on this episode, and I think this is a very commentable... Is that a word? I'm an English teacher, so I'm, I'm declaring it a word. Uh, I think this is a very commentable episode. So I'm, I know I've been really bad about posting my episodes to our Reddit community, but I will start being better about that, and I'm going to start with this episode. So if you go to Reddit, um, r forward slash geek2geekcast, uh, you'll be able to find a link to this episode. Go ahead and add a comment. Tell us who you think should play Gambit and what you think the movie should look like. I think it would be a fun thing to see what everybody else was thinking about this process. And if it's something you want to see more of, let me know. And I think that's it. I'm going to let the episode do its thing. You're not going to hear from me at the end because I kind of ended on its own. And that's it. I'll see you next week with L from the Nerd Out app. Enjoy. My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to a special episode of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I'm really excited to be joined today by my friends Ray Vargas and Kelly Hightower because we are going to make our dream gambit movie. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing well. Thanks for, thanks for having me.
0: Yes,
2: very excited. Happy to be here.
0: Now, if you've listened to Geektitude for any amount of time, and you've listened to any of my movie episodes, you know that Ray and I have very strong opinions about the Gambit movie. Because every time we seem to have an episode together, there's new news about how the Gambit movie with Channing Tatum is not going well. (laughs) And it's you know we we have very strong opinions and and to kind of fill kelly in we we don't necessarily have a problem with channing tatum we just think he's trying to Ryan Reynolds the movie and he's not as close of a match to gambit as Ryan Reynolds is to deadpool so I'll
1: concede that I'll concede that
0: yeah and so you know i said to to ray at the end of one of our shows i was like we just need to to do an episode where we make our own gambit movie and it turns out that Kelly happens to be a huge Gambit fan.
1: I am. <laughs> oh,
2: this <laughs> yeah. is going to be interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah, so this is this is like the perfect coming together. I, we've got we've got Ray who's a big movie buff. We've got Kelly who's a big Gambit fan, and I am really excited that we're going to do this. So the first thing <laughs> that we need to do is we need to take care of who our Gambit is. <laughs>
2: I'm glad, I'm glad that we recorded the, the much, uh, nicer, safer podcast. <laughs> Our podcast is gonna be the much friendlier one that we recorded today, cause I feel like this is where the fireworks are gonna go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah because we just we just recorded an episode of um kelly and my new uh new show state of the geek which is where we get all political and shit and so uh, yeah. yeah and that went really well but we'll, we'll see if we're still friends at the end of this one
2: <laughs> as far as casting goes obviously gambit everyone has their idea of you know what gambit uh uh should be and and who he should be. Um, I never felt right about Channing Tatum in the role. Before I start throwing out other names, I'm interested to hear both of your thoughts on Channing Tatum as Gambit.
1: Well, so, as the person who... who I mean, in defense of Channing Tatum, which I will always say, um, (laughs) because for two reasons, um, and I just... uh, Speaking of which, a spoiler alert, I just watched Hateful Eight uh, last night and thought about getting ready for this because he's in Hateful Eight as well. I think Channing Tatum... First of all, he's beautiful. And I think that he is a good enough actor that he has—he does have a range. It isn't just, he's not just like, you know, a, a pretty dumb model. Like, I think he does have attributes, his, his physicality, as in like his ability to, to, to move in certain ways. And his overall, he could sound Southern enough. In non-defense of him, he's a little bit too big as far mm-hmm. as width-wise. His body type is not... I mean, it's ideal, but it's not ideal for Gambit. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, I am not mad at it, but if we're going to cast, if we're, you know, if we're splitting hairs, I think physically he's a little bit too broad. He seemed like,
2: slim in Magic Mike. He seemed pretty slender.
1: Well, see, I, see, I, I don't, I think his shoulders are too broad. I think he's right. too, I think, I think, so I th- when I look at Gambit the, from the comic books, Gambit is tall. Gambit has a swimmer's body. He's more of a Michael Phelps than a, than a Channing Tatum. He,
2: so I feel like, I mean, Channing Tatum has probably bulked up, you know, in the years since. But that was one of the things when watching Magic Mike, is I thought, God, Channing Tatum has a swimmer's body. But maybe, oh, really? yeah, I thought that during. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I st- I like I said, I mean, he he. I will go and see it if he's in it. I don't care, but <laughs> I, I would watch him. I'd watch him cross the street. But I mean, that was my my only thing. Is he seemed in in my in my mind's eye of Gambit, I see Gambit as someone slimmer, and it maybe it's a facial thing. He just he maybe and or maybe yeah. it's just I'm used to dating you know engineers, so like he seems incredibly bulky to me, incredibly incredibly broad. But, <laughs>
2: I mean I'm I'm a big fan of Channing Tatum as well. I think uh I love the humor that he brings to his roles as well. And I and you're right, he brings a great physicality. I think that uh he is good enough as an actor. I, I total agreement with you on all of that. But it just it he does seem just slightly off. For that character, yeah, Gambit yeah, yeah. seems. I mean, Master Thief. You think of like slim or slender, or kind of, you know, uh, uh, as you said, kind of tall and thin. Um, kind of, it's just funny a
1: blending in, you know.
2: Yeah, well, yeah.
0: Channing Tatum tends to come off with a very kind of frat boy jock vibe. For me, and that's yeah. just not. I mean, because I'm, I'm going to throw in, I don't think anybody on this podcast is anti Channing Tatum. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we're just saying for this particular role, maybe not not my <laughs> first choice. And when it was announced, I was like, I can see it. Like, I wasn't like, oh, that's perfect, but I was like, I, I can see that. I think my concern comes with the fact that it's on again, off again, and director, right. right? You know, what about,
2: that, what about, can we talk about the hair? Because I feel like. Hair is important to Gambit and, and Channing Tatum does should not have hair. He should not have long hair. There's no way. Like that does not that hairstyle does not work on him at all.
1: It doesn't. I, I think too this is also gonna bleed over into the costume thing because I'm gonna go out there and say it. I'm one hundred percent full cowl. I want my gambit to have a cowl if he's gonna be out gambiting. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> I love the cowl. Oh.
2: So. <laughs> that you you just made a major choice about what type of movie it's gonna be
1: <laughs> oh I know I know right if I'm, still, I'm I'm comfortable with this I'm comfortable with this but but I think 'cause that would that would solve that problem. I think he could have long hair if there was a cowl, because it's all about keeping it high and tight on the sides if oh, it, he man. won't he he won't look ridiculous if he has a bunch of hair coming out of the top other than the fact that he's wearing a cow and there's hair coming. Out of the top. <laughs> So
0: your argument is that he's not going to look any more goofy
2: than he would look right.
1: (laughs) But I I agree with you. I think that if you just went straight up long, luxurious locks, he's going to look ridiculous.
2: Yeah, totally. And Gambit, I mean, I have to I feel like we're only a couple minutes in. I need to confess up front that I think Gambit is a terrible character. Here we go. (laughs) I, I just I feel like I've never really particularly liked Gambit. I mean, maybe I went through a small period where I was like, oh, "Okay, he can be kind of cool," but I just I, I and mind you, I'm a fan of Channing Tatum, and I'm a fan of good movies, <laughs> and I'm a fan of comic books and comic book movies. Um, <laughs> but as a character. I feel like Gambit and, and I'm not against you know I, if a Gambit movie comes out and it looks like it could be good to me I, I'm gonna go see it I'm gonna go sure. support it if it looks like a train wreck I will avoid it so I'm not that much against the character where I just refuse to even support it like you know if you make a good Gambit movie a good Gambit movie is still a good movie and I'm fully in support of that and I want more of those um, right. that being said Gambit as a character would not be my first choice I just feel like he's the Wolverine you know anti-hero character turned up to eleven, um, and anything turned up to eleven just you know gets ridiculous. And, turned up and, to
0: eleven in the nineties.
2: Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes, that's exactly what it is. The, the trench coat on its own, you know, fine. The 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 deck, you know, of playing cards on their own, okay. The hair on its own, maybe. You know, the the <laughs> accent and the uh, and the you know the charm, the super powered charm, cheesy pickup artist, you know, persona, maybe. All of those things together. Oh, that's a bit much.
1: Well, okay, well. So, can I just real quick throw a theory as to why you possibly feel that way, and Joe and I don't? Yes. Because he's our white queen. <laughs> he's he's eye candy. Yes. He's super super sexy for no reason, and he's and he shows up, and you're like, what the hell is this guy? And he's like, oh, what's up, Sharon? And he throws a card, and you're and like. All of us who that hits us in our in our special place are like yeah, and the, where it does get you special place you're like this dude's a douche. What's yeah, his deal?
2: I just get It's re- like White I Queen. He's
1: because White Queen <laughs> like she has this amazing power, but she also walks around in a fucking teddy and fishnets for <laughs> no in an ice palace. What the fuck? Like for, no yeah, for
0: for people like Kelly and I, we, we look at, at Emma Frost and we're like sweetie, put those away. You, you have no power here.
1: Exactly. I'm like you know I, where'd you buy it? I'd like to have one but it's not doing anything for me. Like,
2: I have to get over the roofie vibes that I get from, from Gambit.
1: Well, I mean, roofie, I mean like tits out is roofies for men It's roofies <laughs> for straight men. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, I think it's, I think that's why it isn't clear. It doesn't, you're just like, why is it? This is so unnecessary Yeah. But for the same way that say, like, you know, Joe and I would look at white queen and be like, yeah, honey, you had good, t- like you can read my mind. Like, why would you, you can read my mind and tell this isn't working. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
2: Okay, I like that. That that I'm, I'm I'm taking that in and I'm looking at yeah. my list of possible uh, uh, leads for gambit, and it's very interesting that I maybe on some subconscious level I was already getting that. Could be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, Kelly, why don't we lead off with you as
0: far as as who your gambits, your gambit choices are?
1: So here's where I'm going to just say, just hold my hand and go with me on this one because there is. In my opinion, no singular person that has all of those attributes, Hmm. because the way he Gambit came along, Gambit was one of the reasons. Gambit and Rogue and that relationship was one of the reasons why I got into comics. I it was 1992. I had a boyfriend who was very much into comics and the TV show, and I had never really been exposed to. That was when the the 90s TV uh, X-Men cartoon had come out, and I'd never really been exposed to it. But I knew it existed. I'd never been exposed to the sort of the comics world, because like I said, I don't don't have any brothers or sisters. Like it's just kind of of like me and my folks kind of thing, and so we went to a comic book store, and I saw an issue. It's issue. It's X Men number twenty four of the nineties reissue of X Men or the re- relaunch, and it's a it's. Gambit and Rogue and an almost kiss on the cover. And I swear to you, I would use it as a wedding invitation today. Like it just it was it the just the art, the illustration, especially back then, um, because it's a it's a it's a cubert, I think. I, yeah, it's a it's a kubert. It's beautiful. And it was so the way that it was posed, it was so it was it was it was erotic in a non like porn kind of way. And I was like, I have to buy this book. I don't even know what's happening, but I have to find out are they going to kiss or not? I didn't know anything about the characters. And that got me into X it, it got me into comics. So Gambit as a character for me started out as I liked the way he looked first before I got into the actual story and figured out who he was. So it's incredibly difficult for me to cast him as anyone who would be young enough to to play the role. Like I'm trying to be realistic about who they could realistically get to play the role. And so I've come up with a combination of three people. <laughs> you know, if first of all, my first try, if I were casting, would be to call up the model Sean Opry. Does anybody? Is anyone familiar?
0: We are no. googling now. I'm googling. Okay, this.
1: he was in the Taylor Swift. Opry has an as has a. It's O apostrophe P R Y. Yeah. He um he was in the Taylor. He was in a Taylor Swift video, which is how he became pretty famous. But he also is the role model for uh, Spice Bomb for Victor and Rolf perfume for Cologne. Anyway, Google Google image search.
2: I do feel like Gambit is more about how he looks than anything else yeah yeah it's funny how you take that that was the thing that drew you in and that's that thing that's the thing that pushes me away
1: right well i mean because we have different we i mean i am assuming we have different
2: (laughs) (laughs) um but i mean i don't know i mean i'm I, i guess you're you're basing it on like sexual attraction and and i'm thinking like there are there are things that totally draw me in you know as a visual as an artist and as a visual person like I started reading comics in the first place because of the art, right? You know be, that that was why I didn't care anything about the writers. Basically, Image Comics was created for me. Oh
1: <laughs> yeah, I love. I remember those Image days.
2: And eventually, I realized, oh, the words are kind of important. But you know what drew me in was the look of you know those those crappy Wildcats characters or whatever. You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. Um, so I still feel like I'm sensing this cognitive dissonance in myself right now. <laughs>
1: Right. Like, yeah, like th- there's a next level attraction element to Gambit as a character for yeah. for me that um which makes it very difficult. Have you have you guys pulled him up?
2: Yeah. This guy would. Yeah, totally looks like ga- or cubert's whatever Gambit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, he's beautiful. Absolute, yeah. And that that was, like, the look. But this guy might be dumb as a brick. I don't think he's ever acted as anything. <laughs> so we can't use him. Like, he'd be perfect. But we can't use him. I mean, maybe – I mean, let me let me cast the movie, and I'll go talk to him and have long, long, long discussions with him, and we'll see how good he is. But the point – so the point is, like, so okay, if that guy was an actor, that's who I would want. Right now, looking back over all of the things that I've watched over the past five years, the only person I, that I have come close to – is gonna be an actor that you guys won't know. He, did anybody see the TV version of Dracula that came out two years ago? No. Okay. So he played Jonathan Harker in that. And he's an actor named Oliver Jackson Cohen. He's a British actor. And he's been in a bunch of stuff that no one's ever seen. Um, <laughs> like I'm looking at his filmography now and I'm like, this guy's been in like nothing, but he was, um, he's been in a bunch of British stuff, but he, was really really good in and the British stuff that he's been in and he is the right height and the right body type and I think the right he's got a, enough of a Gambit esque face that he could pull off my visual version of Gambit. Yeah. But then of course that also isn't good enough because you have to have the voice. Just <laughs> I mean, have the voice. Well I don't know what he, I don't know if he could do, if he could pull off a I mean he has a voice but he has a British voice I don't know if he could pull <laughs> off a Louisiana accent but you know who can Stephen Moyer from True Blood so if we could get Stephen Moyer to voice this this guy. <laughs> Then I might be satisfied with Gambit. And, which and Stephen Boyer, he played um oh God, what was his name? It was Sookie's husband, Bill. He played Bill the Vampire. Oh, okay,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, he's he's originally British, but he he did a he did a a very see Gambit can't just sound like he's from Louisiana. He needs to sound like he's someone doing a Louisiana a New Orleans accent. Right. Like, because it was so cheesy and so just thick. I mean, between him and, and Rogue with the sugars, like, it it, okay. it has to be. Like, I'm from the South. I don't sound like Rogue. Like, Gosh, no, <laughs> that has, is, nobody it, does. Nobody does. <laughs> right. Like, it has to be put on. Whoever the actor is playing Gambit has to say share like an alien would read it. Like, it has <laughs> to be. But... So I mean, forced.
2: he doesn't have to say bub.
1: but he kind of does he should and he, do, he I mean when he does in the movies, hurt. I'm happy
2: he hasn't he said it I think he's said it once in all of his film appearances
1: well i mean I, I mean well, I remember it <laughs> 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 I, I just I think that and what you were saying before about Gambit being a standalone character getting his own standalone movie, if they don't do it tongue in cheek, it's going to fail. There has to be an element of tongue in cheek to it or it cannot take itself too seriously because he is a character, as you said, is pretty ridiculous. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm going to throw it in there right now. Um, If you guys haven't seen the Honest Trailers take on the 90s animated X-Men, you need to. It's phenomenal. It is so spot on.
2: I want to see I really want to see Kelly's Gambit film. Now, like, <laughs> so like, this is pretty good. We're off. I mean, I, I have a different take, but.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> well, so, yeah, uh, so there's my, my Frankenstein's monster conglomerate of who I would want to play.
2: I think yep. Oliver Jackson Cohen would work for the role. I feel like from what I'm seeing, he has, his name actually came up on a list of possible gambits, uh, that I saw yesterday. Really? Um, I looked at a bunch of them, so I'll try to track that one down. But yeah, he, he and, and I just remember going through a lot of those lists and thinking, I don't know who any of these dudes are. And I don't know that that's the right way to go with gambit. I mean, clearly, the studio doesn't think that as well either, you know, just from the fact that they're casting Chani Tatum or trying to. Yeah, I don't know if, un- you know, relative unknown is the right way to go with Gambit. Right. I, I do think that the uh, tongue-in-cheek element has to be there. But I guess from looking at, at my list of, of leading men. Um, yeah,
3: on your list.
2: I was thinking that that actor would bring in the tongue-in-cheek element because my list is full of James Franco as Gambit. Can you imagine James Franco as Gambit? I totally can. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you have to keep in mind, right, again, my, the, you know, my my kind of view of Gambit as this, I was just like, I, I literally was found myself Googling the other day, like, douchiest actors in Hollywood. Um,
1: right. so, did Franco because, auto-populate into, as you were Googling, like, douchiest <laughs> actors, like it said, uh, De Franco, like, comes up in yeah, your Google yeah.
2: search? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> as did uh, Colin Farrell, who might be a bit old, but I think Colin Farrell would probably make a good Gambit.
1: Watched uh, shit out of that. Good lord!
2: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if if he hadn't already been scooped up by uh by DC as the Joker, Jared Leto possibly. Right. So so you get an idea of where where my casting choices were going. Kind of you know, pretty boy, a little ridiculous. You know. <laughs> I also thought maybe someone like now go with me on this one. I'm thinking, does it have to be a white dude? Right. Right. What, Okay, maybe we can push some of that, you know, I mean, it is kind of tricky because there's the Cajun, you know, aspect as well. So a lot of his characters kind of defined by, by certain, you know, cultural or, or whatever touchstones. So, but I thought, I think Wilmer Valderrama could do, could pull off a really tongue in cheek gambit. So those, those are my, those are my choices. That's interesting. For gambit. And, and clearly we're thinking about very different types of movies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to have, we're going to have, we're all, cause I think I'm somewhere. In between, because I went very star powery.
3: Okay. who you pick? All
0: right, so I had two because I figured the first one I think is a better choice, but I don't think he would ever do it, and I think I can see people. I feel like we're all justifying that. Like, don't judge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, look, you're embarrassed about your kid. with it. <laughs> um, I,
0: Ryan
2: Gosling. He's he was on my list. Was he on your list? Yes, he was on my on my first list. I had to narrow it down because my first list was like ten people.
1: And, that and is, okay, okay, go ahead.
0: And the the reason the like the evidence I cited it was funny because I, I mentioned this to my guest when I was recording episode fifty, uh, but I, I edited it out because I didn't want it to to blow the surprise. But for me, it's all about is it stupid crazy love? Is that the name of that movie?
2: Oh God, yeah. crazy so stupid crazy, love. he's stupid love, yeah. Is this like,
1: him and Emma Stone? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and, I can I can see. Okay.
0: And just that kind of like he is just all about the sexy like that is his persona and in some ways it's kind of a created persona for that character and for me it kind of feels like okay he can pull it off but still kind of acknowledge how ridiculous it is
2: yeah the first half of that movie is totally a guilty pleasure for me i'll say that now um highly entertaining first half and then it just like falls off the rails as it you know was always intended to do but yeah.
1: This is really interesting to me because Ryan Gosling, the only thing I remember from that movie is when he took off his shirt. Right. Because <laughs> his face doesn't do anything for me and because faces are so important, which is really, f- I, so well, we won't get into it now, but I got into this long, like hours long discussion. With my best gay friend up in New York about why women are so into faces and gay guys aren't. And I, and I, and I, my theory is about the way that, because when women have sex, we can only see the face and guys <laughs> get to have all these other different, like, angles and stuff where they care about penises. Anyway, so I find that, I find that interesting because I, because his face does nothing for me. His body, I, I'm like, okay, I'm back on board. But I, he does not even factor into my, like, thought process. Like, I never, like, Ryan, and he, and very rarely does because his face doesn't do anything for me. That's so interesting. Ugh. We're all just animals. Anyway. Um. <laughs> but no, now that you say that, like I, I, could t- I can totally... I, I could be down with that I, now that you have mentioned him, because I didn't even think about him.
0: The the other one, and I think this is not going to meet your body type requirement, because he is a little bit bulkier, but I think he's got the attitude and kind of the the fun playfulness that Gambit can have, and that's mm-hmm. uh, Rob Kaczynski.
1: Oh, I have to look. I don't know who that is. Uh,
0: yeah. He was on... Um, Pacific Rim, but you would know him from True Blood. He was the vampire fairy hybrid.
1: <gasps> was he also in The Hobbit? Uh,
0: I don't remember if he was in The Hobbit, but he was in um, he was in the Warcraft movie. But he played an orc, so you wouldn't recognize his face from that.
1: Okay, now I'm looking at him. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I think he. I... Well, Who was he in
2: Pacific Rim? He was the the hotshot Australian guy. Oh, okay, okay, the younger one. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm not mad with that choice. I could, I mean, in one of his pictures, he's wearing a Mass Effect N7 shirt, so he could do whatever he wants. But yeah, I mean, in a lot of his photos, yeah, he's, he, in some of his photos, he is more bulky, but then there's a photo of, there, there are other photos where he's not as, and when mm-hmm. he's not as, I could completely see that. God, he might be, that might, I, I might be changing my mind. He he looks like he might be able to really do it.
0: Well, and the fun thing about him is he is full-on geek. Like, he was in the Warcraft movie, and people were like, so, have you ever played? And he's play- he's like, played? I've got, like, 11 max-level characters. Like, he is right. full-on geek.
2: He seems a bit too, um like, he's not as slender enough. Or his face is too round, I think, maybe.
1: He does have like a man, like a daddy face. He has like a man's face. Yeah, he,
2: he yeah. Gambit
1: has more of like a I'm in my twenties face.
2: And yeah. Gambit, Gambit's a boy, right? Like, come on.
1: <laughs> he's a boy, but he's a bit. He's a he's a tall boy, which is okay. <laughs> Makes it all right. Well, and
2: and those those
0: the the cowl is very slimming. Let's just keep that in mind. If we're throwing him in the cowl, that's going to that's gonna slim down that face.
2: So, Joe, are you pro-cowl? I am not pro-cowl.
0: Co- I, will, I, will, I will say it right now, I am not pro-cowl. Uh, I don't want to cowl. If we, go, if we go a little bit more tongue-in-cheek and we can fit it in, you know, why not?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, at least... I mean, well, because we've we got to get into which, which story, which Gambit story the movie should be telling, but... I, I love a good origin story where you see the the iteration of different out the different costumes until they finally settle on the one that they go with. Uh, <laughs> like, I yeah. like I like a sort of almost like a dressing room montage of how about this and like a cowl really like no change like you know just to give <laughs> shout outs to you know because there's things like especially in, in in the first costume he has his giant knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He jumps around with a stick. He's not. Skidding around on his knees, like I, it was all so confusing. Like, why in the world? What's happening? <laughs> but yeah, no, I, 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 I in my tongue and cheek, when the the the, the cowl is necessary, but if I will still be okay if it's not there.
2: <laughs> he's got like metal uh, soccer shin guards, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll him like I don't know where he's. Like. <laughs> It it was very, you're right, it was very 90s turn up to 11. Like, what do we do with his legs? Put on, uh, metal shin guards. Sure. (laughs) He's a fucking pickpocket with a bow staff who can kinetically charge things. Of course he needs metal (laughs) shin (laughs) guards.
2: Has there, has there ever been a gambit story where they explain what the hell is going on under that trench coat?
1: Not that I know of. Not that they talked about. That would about be
2: interesting. It. The the fuchsia body armor, um, the weird like you know a uh, uh, kind of a uh, diagonal lines on the on the th- on the side of his black tights, and then the metal like knee pad shin guard combination. Like what is that? Was he? There's so- also a
1: clavicle bar. Have you noticed on his on his yes. top? There's a there's a, a roll that like a. Like, almost like oxygen or, like, cooling fluid would go through it.
2: Because <laughs> like, he's just that hot. I guess. interesting to, to, you know, to have a story to be like, what, what was that? What was he a part of, you know, before he decided to throw a trench coat over that monstrosity?
1: Who did he steal this from and what did they use it for? Because
2: like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, God, I'm feeling, I, I like your choices, actually. I, I I feel a little bit, you know... Uh, uh, better about putting, having Ryan Gosling on my first list, knowing that Joe kind of, you know, was in the, in the same vein, thinking in the same way. Um, Callie, I really like your choices. I feel like if this was like a real thing being made, I, I would, I would not be turned off by, you know, your, your choices in the role. Um, I had my early list was all over the place. I had, um, uh, uh, John Krasinski on there at one point.
1: That's not bad though.
2: He was in the running for Captain America. He was one of the final choices. It was between him, I believe, and um, what's his name? Actual Captain America now, um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Now that there's two ways that that I kind of took that. One is like, uh, John Krasinski doesn't have the face for it. But two, he must be a really good actor because I've heard him be uh i've i've heard of him like being like in the final running of a a number of different roles that he just didn't end up getting and Mm -hmm. something wow he must read really well
1: right (laughs) he goes in there and just wows the hell out of him
2: Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah but but i thought him as gambit might work um uh maybe not he doesn't have as chiseled a face as you might expect for you know for for gambit or even for steve rogers or whatever but um uh, who else was on my? <laughs> Ashton Kutcher was on my list at some point. Um, uh, <laughs> John Mayer was on my first list.
1: Your feelings for Gambit are showing. <laughs> you like douchey, sort of slim white dudes. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think I think we'll stick to your casting choices, guys.
1: That's although I, you know John Krasinski, I would not have been mad at that. He is is he did a um, military movie here recently. I can't You're, remember what because I'm not I'm not into military movies, but he looked good on the poster.
2: Yeah, he bulked up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. That's when I yeah. thought, oh, Captain America. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I, I get it. Yeah, as as you were as you were saying that, I I quickly Googled um, what's up with Gambit's costume? And there's someone who's got a blog called Gambit Worst Costume Ever, where they go and like <laughs> have really broken it down into like, and what what the hell's with this and why and like.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, they talk about the sh- the the greaves, the sh- the shin guards and stuff. So yeah, I mean, like I. I did find it very, like, telling Like, I like that it, the, the fingers of his gloves are cut off where he can charge the thing. I think, I, I think that's something that you would you'd have to carry over. Yeah. Into a or, costume.
2: Or no gloves.
1: Well, would no, he... no gloves. He might be charging a very... Like, I think it might, it might amplify the fact that it's his physical touch that'll charge. Stuff. Like, he has control over it. But
2: interesting.
1: You know, well, I like the. Go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say, I think, I think. But as far as uh, costume goes, because that's kind of where we're at. I think we are. We all k- with keeping the the trench coat. I don't know how you could
2: not. I, I think it's essential. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm fine with a trench coat.
2: I think you would have geeks up in arms everywhere if you did gamble without the trench coat.
1: Has to have trench coat. I agree.
2: Um, how do either of you feel, or both of you feel about Taylor Kitsch's uh, take on the character? Uh, besides the the fact that that movie was horrible.
1: I thought it was fine. I don't, there were, and this, I mean, I am a woman who is six foot one. I noticed everyone's height. I thought it was too short. Hmm. And I don't know if it's because I don't know how tall he actually is. He read is incredibly short. And to me, part of Gambit's thing, much like Cyclops is they're, they're tall. I mean, like that's Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's part of, it's part of who their character is. I mean, I, I had the same, I had the same criticism as, of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Because Wolverine's tall. supposed to be short, and, and Hugh Jackman's way too tall. Yeah. Um I, I, I can get over it. I liked it. I liked the majority of his betra- his uh, his betrayals, uh, Freudian his portrayals. <laughs> 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 okay, you know. Origins ruins everything, but you know, I, I you know I I I can look past it. But uh, Taylor Kitsch was only was only for such a short amount of time that he seemed a little bit too fancy and too small to me. But that that's just was my initial reading. And I also don't know why he knew where Three Mile Island was and how to get there in a helicopter. I still don't understand that part.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like why are you testing him?
2: What was your take of that version of Gambit, Joe?
0: Um, I just uh, unnecessary. Like mm. it I I didn't feel like he had the the I didn't like Gambit. His I like I didn't like Gambit in that movie. He he was not a likable character. He mm-hmm. he didn't contribute enough. He didn't he wasn't suave enough. He wasn't he wasn't Gambit enough.
2: Okay. And and is there anything before we move on? Is there anything salvageable from that iteration of the character? Do you guys think? Personally, I feel like the hair
1: yeah
2: is, is that was good because it's not as ridiculous as what the 90s you know Gambit hair actually is.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I like the hair. The hair is the only thing I really I thought was on point.
0: Mm. Are what about are we going thing? long hair? Because because for me, uh, I've been liking the the short sides with the high top. That tends to be, you know, granted in in bear culture,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it comes with a beard. But um, you just described what what like my haircut. What I look
1: like. <laughs> no, and, and and kudos to you because all men should have that haircut. No, I. I personally don't like long hair. I don't like long hair on, on, on men anyway, just kind of like as, a, unless it's that, that you know, hard, hard cut. The the sides have to be tight for me. The sides and back have to be tight. The top can be as long as it needs to be, but you can put it in a bun. I don't give a shit, but I just, I don't like long hair. Like, so, just like, like, I don't, I don't like, you know, feminine, feminized long hair on, on guys. So I, 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 I too would prefer him to have the short on the sides hair
2: so what about like um did, did we all see fury um that that tank that world war Two tank movie with brad pitt no
1: no because
2: oh. he had he he had that a haircut that i think would work maybe for the type of gambit that that we're talking about the haircut if you if you want to oh, yeah 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 yeah
1: and this is, and this is a haircut right now that it's the soccer it's a soccer player haircut um, yeah. it's, it's also the Nazi youth haircut, but we don't want to talk about that, but it's, it's a beautiful haircut. <laughs> it's beautiful. And, and, um, more, more straight guys are getting it and it makes me happy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I, I like that. This is a good haircut. I like that. I like this for Gambit and I like it for everybody for their everyday life. So sit <laughs> up, man, get this haircut.
2: <laughs> this, this haircut, uh, uh, if we're all looking at the same, you know, reference material is actually would work even with the cowl. Yeah. It would. You could take off the cowl and have those scenes and it wouldn't look ridiculous. It would still be, it would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Now which, which leading man is going to, is going to be rocking this haircut?
0: Most of well, them are beautiful. Of, I think they could all pull it off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Any, any of the ones that I've picked, I mean, uh, Sean Opry already has his haircut, but yeah, the, um, Oliver, uh, J- Jackson Cohen could, yeah. could do this easily.
2: I like that choice. Uh, uh, I think that was probably my favorite of, of All the suggestions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to
0: go with him. I think that's a good, I I think we can all get behind that one.
2: Yeah, I like the, granted, he can do the, you know, as long as he can do the voice, which, which I'm going to, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he can.
1: He's British. They can do any accent. There's, (laughs) (laughs) he's six foot three. He's six foot three, so he'll read, he'll read almost gargantuanly tall with anybody else in Hollywood. Right. Um, so, so he, he almost, he's almost too tall. To play it, because when you get six three, you basically take out all your leading ladies; they can't fit in the <laughs> room with you, and you have to do the Tom Cruise thing, if they have to walk in a, he would have to walk in a ditch next to him, <laughs> and all that. Um.
2: Good, because I feel like I feel like choosing the, you know, which actor is is gonna it sets the tone, right? because we're gonna talk about plot, we're gonna talk about story, you know, supporting characters, right? Right. right. They all have to bounce off of the leading man.
0: Now, do we want to go with romantic lead or do we want to go with villain next? I guess we should kind of. I guess we should plot out the movie first, huh?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, not Rogue, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what? I don't understand. Who else? Well, who else? He's been with a bunch of people. I said, I'm like, who else has he been with?
2: Well, I feel like Rogue is such a that that's um an, that's going to be an ongoing thing. It's it's a flirtation. It's a will they, won't they? And I so feel that like should
1: be the plot of the movie.
2: Well, no, but it shouldn't. It also shouldn't. I don't think she should be featured in his first solo movie. We need something like for I'm, the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and not only that, but it's like I, I I'm a big fan of you know let's establish the character before we start connecting them to all these other storylines and sequels and franchises and stuff.
1: Well, and let's, also we do need a way to get him into the franchise, so exactly. that's yeah. that might be the way into the franchise.
2: Well, my thinking was was when when it came time to like the MacGuffin of like the heist aspect, that could be an opportunity to connect him to you know maybe he's after something that is important in another story as well. Right. What do you guys think?
1: I I mean, it worked for Guardians of the Galaxy. It worked for The Stones. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it's it seems. I mean, why if it ain't broke, why fix it? I mean, that seems like a a a good a good way. Because we are assuming that this Gambit movie is going to get tied into the X Men franchise and not yeah back into Marvel.
2: Yeah.
1: Who's who's doing it? Is it Marvel doing it or is it Fox? It's Fox. It's Fox. Okay, so it's going to get tied into the into back into the X Men stuff.
2: So, so in, when relating it to you know the the gemstones in Mar in Marvel's universe, the only uh, the, the only equivalent that I could come up with was the uh the Mkron crystal, which I don't know if that's too cosmic of a of a MacGuffin for for Gambit, which I feel asks the character asks for a smaller, low level kind of grittier. Not I'm not saying Daredevil, Punisher type of of story, but at least. Definitely something that takes place, you know, maybe in the streets of, you know, New Orleans and, and kind of the local criminal element or whatnot. What do you guys think?
0: Well, that's, that's kind of the direction I was going with the plot. Like I was going to go with the whole, Candra um, Kandra Belladonna kind of. Level.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Because Kandra, I, my understanding is, and again, this is where my knowledge starts to get a little shaky, but I believe there, like she holds a lot of her power in, in a gem. And so to me, the plot of if you're going to go heist movie, the plot is her hiring or um, commissioning Gambit to go uh, go get it from whomever it ha- has it. And, uh-huh. and it's kind of because she always kind of plays the thieves guild and the assassins guild against each other. And that's where Belladonna is. So Belladonna is going after it for the uh, assassins guild and Gambit's going after
2: it for the thieves guild.
1: Oh. That's I like that.
2: Yeah, that sounds rad. <laughs> <That's> way better <laughs> than what I had.
1: <laughs> yeah, no that that sounds like the way to go.
2: What did you guys have? Um, I'll, K- Kelly, you're more versed in this stuff, so I'm just gonna throw out my flimsy idea first, and then you guys can obliterate it uh, with your knowledge. Um, but I was thinking it could go one of two ways. If we were gonna connect it you know, more closely to uh, the uh, Fox's X-Men universe right off the bat, then I was thinking of, of him trying to conceal his backstory and, you know, his role in the mutant massacre or whatnot. And so if there was something that tied him to that, if there was some kind of evidence of his involvement in that, that he wanted to keep hidden, then the heist was really about him saving his own ass. And and trying to track down this thing before it got out, so that people, you know, t- he's trying to keep his past hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, uh, I was just thinking it could be um some kind of of MacGuffin. Uh, but again, I thought that was maybe too cosmic for for the character of the story.
1: Yeah, I was I was right there along with you. I mean, I did spend a lot of time looking at pictures of Sean Ivey, but they like they for <laughs> <laughs> most of my time was spent, but my whole plot was going to be something very simple that tied him back in with the X-Men. Cause that was my big like deal. And it would be some sort of whatever anti-mutant cure slash disease slash, you know, thing of the week that X-Men those, that movie franchise always did that, that would be the thing that he would be stealing and him have really no connection to them. You know, heavy thieves guild, heavy origin story, Heavy about him not having other mutant connections, you know, until he goes and steals this thing. And then that's how he meets up with the other mutants. That was, that was going to be my thing. I, Joe's, Joe's thing is, is I totally forgot about the whole Kandra element.
2: Yeah. Me too. I, I completely, I mean, Belladonna and all that. I was just like, Oh yeah, that's just the thing, but that, that works perfectly because then, you know, in later sequels or whatever, when he does meet Rogue and that whole starts, he has this history and like we're aware of it
1: yeah yeah exactly
2: at so, so much more
1: yeah I, th- I think that that's that's the story we go with
0: mm-hmm okay now who is he stealing that from then I have ideas, but what do you guys think and maybe this is where you bring in any villains you happen to have
2: well when you say that that she keeps her power like in a jewel what how does that work well how do the mechanics of that work
0: Kelly do you know
1: I I had forgotten when you mentioned that I was like, does she? Because I had forgotten that part. So I'm looking. So I was I was Googling up. I was Wikipediaing uh, Kandra.
2: I, I like the idea of um, a villain that I, I feel like Marvel has attempted to do this so far, but I, villains tend to be the the weaker elements of their movies, you know. Um mm-hmm. And I and I, I but I like what they're trying to get at, and I think it's like a villain that serves the purpose of that story. But it's it's like a it's like a, a a building block or a stepping stone to like something bigger about the character. Um, and so you know, I, I still feel like there's there's value in that. In in a story like like Gambit's, when we're setting up the Thieves Guild and the Assassins Guild and his role there and the dynamics with a, a romantic interest or whatnot, we need like a villain that is not going to require too much of the story because there's already so much story going on. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, I mean, there's something like, um, the pig was one villain that I read about yesterday that's, that has ties to Gambit's history that I thought, you know, first of all, the visual in my head, like, I just, because the oh. movies do tend to take on their own visuals, you know, of, of the villains. I mean, look at just, uh, who is it? Baron Zemo mm-hmm. was totally different, <laughs> like completely, like they didn't even, you know, maybe later on it'll it'll turn into something more, the way uh, Crossbones did. But they just totally like you know did their own thing, and I like that. I don't I don't need the the movies to tie directly to the comics in 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 all ways.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Put it I found with
2: the movie iteration.
1: I didn't see the I didn't see Age of Apocalypse in Age of so so did you did you guys see it?
2: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: How did they leave it with Storm? With Young Storm, is she still is she still a villain by the end of it?
2: No, no,
0: no, no. She joined. Okay. Spoiler. Okay. Deal. Sorry. <laughs>
1: I mean, well, I mean, I know eventually she, but like, so with um, because i because as I'm reading with the with the whole with the stone thing, it's what keeps Kendra um immortal, and it's called the Heartstone, and at some point, a young Storm in Cairo steals it. So I'm wondering if there's some way that you could, you could have, I mean, like your main villain, you know, would still be candor, but that you have, that's also a way to get just like a little like shout out to, to X-Men is if, you know, young apocalypse controlled or before, or even before that storm is involved in it somehow with the, with the, the stealing of the stone because she, because she was involved with that whole, with that whole ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. when that was happening because i if we're going to have a villain and it be the you know and it, and if it's going to be Gambit's villain i mean now that i'm looking at this it has to be Kandra. that's his that's his origin story villain that's how he gets you know it, it, where we even care anything about him
0: yeah well i mean my my thought on it was was that he was and i think I, you're going to have to remind me ray cuz i think i've just blocked a little bit of it out of my my mind but i think was the Shadow King part of the beginning of Age of Apocalypse?
3: Hmm,
2: I don't think so.
0: Because yeah. uh, I couldn't remember if that's who Storm was stealing stuff for or not.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. But I
0: almost kind of went that direction and went, okay, maybe, since, you know, nobody can ever get rid of the Shadow King, he just keeps coming back. Maybe the Shadow King is the one who has the, the um, Heartstone, but that's who like the 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 main villain ends up being candra and in right. my in my mind when when you know in my mind belladonna gets the the heartstone first you know kind of does a double cross on gambit and takes it back to candra and then candra like sacrifices her to repower it or something like that and and he has to then save her at that point but um But I think just as who is he got to go up against to get it? I would kind of go with the Shadow King.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that now as you're as you're saying this, I'm like, yeah, that makes way more sense.
2: Does this take place in New Orleans? Does this take place? Like, what is the setting? Because I feel like that's gonna make a big difference too. I'm I'm a big fan of of self-contained, you know, just a well-told story doesn't have to have cosmic, you know, implications. And so, if we're looking at a a kind of grittier, you know, low level crime story or heist movie, um, where is it is it going to be taking place?
0: That's a good point, because the the Louisiana, like the whole New Orleans thing, is just a really cool setting for a movie. That
2: has to be a a character, you know, in, in the story. That's what makes Gambit, you know, kind of unique. Another thing that makes him unique. So I feel like if that's the case, then it can, it can be some, it could even be something where it's a heist that he thinks he takes it as like a, a very, you know, another perfunctory kind of, you know, heist for him. Mm-hmm. And he realized, but kind of like as the story goes along, he starts to realize like this is part of something way bigger, uh-huh. you know, so maybe something like the Shadow King can be a reveal. Like at the end where it's, it's way bigger than what he thinks. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm interested in talking about like, where is he in, in, and I mean, like in terms of personality and character arc at the beginning of the story, what is Gambit's life? Like what, what is it that's going to be changed or whatnot? Like, is he a thief? Is he a low level thief? Does he have notoriety? Is, is he out as a mutant? Is he not like, you know, is he, is he living on the streets? Is he like, what's, where is Gambit when we start?
1: Help. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I I I like the idea of him being a a thief, not a low-level thief, like a like a, you know, lots of renown on the streets for being a really good thief and that's where his cockiness comes from. Mm. As far as his mutant ability, um I I don't know. I don't know if it's if it would still be interesting in a movie to see someone struggling with hiding the fact that they're a mutant when we're so Used to the fact that, I mean, the other X-Men movies have been about mutant equality.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's it's almost like, you know, do we need him to have a coming out story or do we need him to have a, a you know, no, this is what I do. And, and you know, other thieves are pissed because they think that gives them some sort of advantage or like, okay. you know... I don't know I think how that's the direction
0: I would go with it too. I yeah. think I would, you know, he's, he's the hotshot and, you know, nobody can touch him cause he's got these mutant powers, but you know, he's good at what he does anyway without the powers. So nobody really can say anything and it just pisses everybody off.
2: Is it tired to, to take the approach of like, part of his arc can be uh he relies on his powers way too much at the beginning of the film when we meet him. Like he's cocky because you know he knows he always has those those mutant powers in his back pocket and that's that's what makes him better and by the end of the film he needs he he learns you know to not rely on them so much and that, or that it's it's about more than that wouldn't that be such a gambit gambit like meta kind of like storyline that like he has to develop something more than his visual or than his like you know he's not that that's the critique of Gambit right that he's just a bunch of like nineties ticks and powers
1: right it could I mean. If we also want to talk about does he get a sidekick or not, um, because I'm not a huge fan of sidekicks, but you, I know realize you can't just have a movie of one person doing one thing all the time, no matter how beautiful they are. So, like, if he had a sidekick who was not a mutant or who was a different type of mutant who was, who ended up doing something better than he did, <laughs> that sure. might be interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. But no. I also am really tired of them of anyone dragging around a street urchin or a kid with them. <laughs> like, at <laughs> that, I just can't abide. Like, I'm like, can it be, like, an old, bluesy black man or something that, like, doesn't necessarily have to go with him on things but someone who he goes and talks to? Like, I mean, almost like in, in Deadpool with, with um his, oh, his blind roommate. Now I can't remember her name.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, like, I just, I, I get, re- like, for me, I get really tired of, like, a plucky kid. Like, you know, the short round of every movie. Like, I'm just, you don't want the, don't... you
0: don't want the fourth iteration of Jubilee.
1: No, <laughs> I didn't want the first iteration of Jubilee. <laughs> I never got, I like my first nerd argument in a comic book store was with some, some nerd boy explaining to me I'm like Jubilee's So dumb. And he's like, you don't understand. She's like a tier five mutant. Like she's one of the most powerful mutants ever. And I'm like, well then oh. fucking do oh. something <laughs> like, <laughs> like fireworks. Don't bug me. Okay. Like she can, she can wreck a jukebox. So can I, if I have a crowbar. <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, I'm not impressed.
0: On uh, a Quick, quick tangent. There is a webcomic, and I'll put a link in the show notes. But it is, um, it is by Max Wittert, W-I-T-T-E-R-T, and it's oh. called Scott and Jean. And it is basically, like, how... It, it's basically just making fun of Jean Grey and how she's, like, immensely powerful but ridiculously lazy... And yes. any, and anybody anytime somebody calls her on something, she's like, "Oh, I'm I have to hold back the Phoenix Force," and they're like, "You always use that as an excuse." Um, <laughs> but like, I'd say I'd say like two thirds of the comics end up with one of the or another of the characters saying, "Shut up, Jubilee!" Like that's <laughs> basically the run of the comics. It's hilarious.
1: Oh yeah, I really don't like Plucky Teens. I really don't. What about um?
2: What about a scene? early on in the film, where it looks like that's where it's going to go, and he completely tells the teen to just, like, fuck off. Like, (laughs) Like, he's being set up for that, and he's like, like, ah, no.
1: That would elicit, like, a Shia LaBeouf me standing up slow clapping in the middle of a theater. (laughs) Get out of your teen.
0: All of a sudden, you just see a glowing card where the kid was, and that's it. (laughs) It's like,
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Gambit, you know, it, it, it would, Gambit has room for that kind of, kind of like wink or that kind of like, like you said, Kelly, it can't take itself too seriously.
1: Right, right. Like, it doesn't have to be as self-referential as Deadpool, because Deadpool had to be that self-referential. Right.
3: Like, Deadpool
1: doesn't work unless the fourth wall is broken. Like, that's the whole point of right. Deadpool. But yeah, like gambit, like we can't, you can't roll in there seriously. Like you have to, like you could be good, and it could have serious, like there could be big stakes. But like you can't, you can't be like, no, serious, no, let's, no, let's give this guy a chance. Like we have to seriously get down to the bottom of this, you know, deep Creole card slinging, you know, sex douche. Like we have, to, like no, we have to be talking to about <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> well, and I think that's part of like we were talking about. Does he, does he realize that he's, um, you know, got to learn something at the end? I think just the fun of the entire show is him and Belladonna going after this thing together and her being, you know, her being one step ahead of him and then him being one step ahead of her. And it's kind of this like the flirtation is taking place throughout the heist. Right. And so I think that there's enough there that, it, you know, he gets humbled in a couple of times. But at the end of the day, he's allowed to save the day. And that kind of is the, the play of the back and forth. And I don't know that you need to add too much in there because... At the end of the day, it's just what it is.
1: Yeah. <clears throat>
2: what? So, so I like I like this idea of him having a certain level of of notoriety as a thief. Which I mean, right? As as a thief, you would want no one to know who you are. But of course, Gambit's ego would cause him to right, right. Uh, be very flashy about what he does and about his powers and whatnot. Um, and then him, I guess, being being humbled along the way. I like that idea as well. Um.
1: Like an Ocean's Eleven that fails. Yeah. Like, I mean, like not that the, oh, the plot fails, but like you crazy. know he, you put into this Ocean's Eleven scale heist or or you know con job, and you know you get to like step seven and it just go goes to shit and you're like oh, fuck now what like.
2: <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. Does he have like a team that he works with or is he on his own? Is he part of a guild? Like the guild is that is that how much of a presence do the guilds have? Well, I think maybe. I, oh, go ahead.
1: I I think that you wanted to have a presence because it's always interesting because you could you could do a lot of interesting different types of like just underworld types. You could throw some mutants in there, like you know. Oh, we have to get you know Shorty to, 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 to get in and unlock the door because he's the only one who can like ooze through cracks. Like that's his mutant ability. Like any and it's there's a number of jokes you can do about that kind of stuff. or It could be funny, or you know, it could be it could it could be visually interesting. But I think that that. You know, it would be, it would be, the failure would be him and it would be his and it would be, you know, attributed to the, to the cockiness because you, you only like a cocky character if they get their comeuppance. Yeah. You know, right. nobody would have liked, uh, Don Draper if Don Draper's life had ever gone right. Wow. Like, you love Don Draper because he's so, he's, he's, well, A, he's John Ham, but B, he's such a deplorable <laughs> character. Yeah. He does some terrible, terrible things, and then like shit, bad shit happens to him because of it. He he doesn't always win, and so that that's the only way you can watch a character like that.
0: You can also pull in like for all those extra characters, you can pull in like all your your Morlocks, and yes. that makes that makes the whole yes. mutant ma- massacre thing that much more tragic. If you know he's getting people into the the sewers, and all of a sudden he realizes, whoops, this is people that I've worked with before. Now it's a lot more. Then you take this very light character in this show, and in the Mutant Massacre episode, is you know now that's, he's got he's got to redeem himself.
2: That's the right. darker sequel. That's the Empire Strikes Back of Gambit. Uh, yeah. Gambit yes. Um, so I. What about this idea of like when, when I think of you know uh, a character that is like. Cocksure and kind of egotistical and kind of an anti-hero wild card. They usually don't want to be associated with a team or rather they're like, they tend to like buck, you know, what everyone else is doing and go off and they're kind of the wild card. Um, and so that's kind of the, where you naturally like go, you think, Oh, and I think of Gambit with the thieves guild. I think like, Oh, he's like the wild card that never wants to be a part of the thing or do his own thing. What if we flip that? And, like, he's actually really into the idea of being part of a thieves' guild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, Come on, one, guys. Like, he calls meetings and stuff. And like, I love
3: it.
2: He's really into the idea because it, he feels like it makes him cooler. Like, it's he loves the idea of a guild of thieves. And so the other thieves are kind of like, we're not a guild. Like, we're, you know, and he's like, no, this is great. Like, I made, like, here's our logo and, like, stuff.
1: <laughs> he's, um, he's made membership cards for all of them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, you <laughs> know, and like. Something that, and I mean, you can, it doesn't have to be such a, just a plain joke, because when I think of Gambit joining a team like the X-Men, it's like, that will fulfill that desire as well, you know what I mean? Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Like, it
2: gives them motivation for wanting to be part of a team and part of a group.
0: If you're, if you were to read Gambit versus, or uh, Deadpool versus Gambit right now, Ray, it's that exactly, where it's like the two of them, they just, they just can't, they can't do what they want to do because... They're just bad at it and it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I also like it's really it hits me right in like the the, the feels about like because I was one of those kids who's like, let's start a cool club for cool kids and like wanted to be part of a group and no one had any enthusiasm and now I'm like, come on, we'll we'll wear a secret, we'll have a secret. A handshake and you know we'll we'll wink every thursday and that's how we'll know we're in the club because it's like this this feeling of wanting to belong and to have some there. sort of acceptance and yeah. other people just could give a shit and so like i i really i'm like i could identify with that where he's like come on guys we're the beast guild and they're like there was never a guild gambit stop saying guild. no we're the beast <laughs> like i got the t-shirts and like you know we've got the handshake and they're like uh just get out of here like you know <laughs> like, I, like, as, I really like that.
2: As an artist, i have always wanted to be part of like a movement, you know, or like where right. a scene where there's a group of artists that are all kind of playing in a, in a similar sandbox but doing their own thing. And I, it's so hard to, <laughs> to, you know, you can't manufacture stuff like that is what I've learned. You know, it's completely organic. And so the right. times that I thought like, oh, I'm going to... I'm gonna, you know, make friends with a bunch of artists, and I'm, you know, we're gonna start like our, our, you know, our our own little like scene or group or whatnot, and we're gonna put on shows together. Yeah, no, like that stuff either happens on its own or it just doesn't, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I I think that's, I think that's actually very funny (laughs)
2: because Um, it it subverts the idea of like the wild card kind of that we expect Gambit to be.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, and two, like you know, we we haven't talked about it a lot, but there is, you know, there's the thieves guild, and there's also the assassins guild. Yeah. And I don't know if there was if this is a thing that even ever happens in the comics, but you could have it where, um, you know, a, a division between him and Belladonna, because she does, as I'm reading in the wiki, re- eventually end up leading the assassins guild. If he has like a, a deep code about against killing.
2: Yeah.
3: You
1: know, like, mm-hmm. like he'll still... He'll steal anything, but he's not going to kill. He he won't kill to steal. Like that's against his moral code. Um, and you know if if you know she starts out in the, in the in in his group or you know among the thieves and it gets into this assassination business, which is also a great way to make money. Then like that that could also be sort of a you get to see what what, what would essentially make him a good guy and would make him attractive or attracted to wanting to be a member of the X Men.
2: Yeah, what yeah. I mean. You know, cause, because killing is about confrontation and you know, his, his idea is that if you're a, if you're a master thief, there is no confrontation because people don't even know you're in and out. Right. Right. Um, you know, if, if it could be also a thing where the assassin's guild is a thing and it is legit and they are badasses and they are fully in on it. And so he leaves to make a thieves guild and that's why he's so interested in, in putting that <laughs> thing together. Cause he's like, I'm going to start my own guild because I don't right. want to kill people, you know, but just thieves are just not, they're just like, no, we're thieves. We're not like, no. Well,
0: and I think the, the Belladonna storyline was meant to be the Romeo and Juliet thing. She's from the Assassin's Guild. He's from the Thieves Guild. Their guilds are always feuding. It's very Hatfield and McCoy. And, uh-huh. and so that's why their love is forbidden because, you know, but I think since that's such an overplayed trope, I think just the back yeah. and forth between the two groups was, would be, you know, it's like the, it's like the, um, the football, uh, shows or the, the dance off shows where it's like our <laughs> posse versus, versus your posse. Right, and, right. You know, yeah. there's always that one member, the, the two members that are flirting, but it's always kind of this competitive, you know they're flirting because it's kind of fun to to flirt with the enemy, even though you have no intention of doing anything with them. And she, yeah,
2: and she rags on him because she's like, "You're never gonna get the Thieves guild off the ground. Like it's not a thing. Like what are you doing? You know?" And and <laughs> stop trying right. to make fetch happen.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like like where's your guild? Like you know we showed up. Like where's your where are your... <laughs> yeah yeah. And he's later like, by himself. Like shut up.
2: He finally he finds his guild with the X Men. Like he finally finds like that that group that he wants that he can belong to.
3: Yeah.
1: I see, so, so, and this is just because I love ending lines in movies, and I know, like, if, if for some way we were able to work it out, where he does join up with the X-Men at the end of this movie, or he gets introduced to the X-Men, like, he's walking along with, like, Storm, or walking along with Rogue, or whoever, and, like, the last line is, he goes, have you guys ever thought about calling it the X-Guild?
3: Oh, or, like, that's great.
1: Where it's, like, a, like, it's that last little, like, zing, like, oh... Poor Gambit.
2: <laughs> that would be great. That's when odd, does Gambit man. join the X Men? Is it at the end of his third? It's 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 during the second one, Mutant, Mutant Massacre, right? That's we're gonna be getting ahead of ourselves, but I just love planning out like series of films, stories. I think or you what.
1: should do so. Yeah, I think I don't think anyone should have an origin story that lasts more than one. No, yeah, no. I think everybody like you know, and I mean, because Captain America wouldn't be the Captain America two wouldn't have been good if you didn't have. uh uh, not Scarlet Witch, Jesus Christ, uh, Black, Black Widow. Widow. I'm like, ah, no, that's Scarlet Johansson. Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson. Scar- <laughs> Black Widow, okay. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you have to have other, like, I, I like, you know, you have your origin story, and then the next one is your integration into the team and how you're relating with the team. And then the last one is, you know, Return of the Jedi. Um,. <laughs> <laughs> The last one includes Tauntauns and that's all I'll hear about it. Um, <laughs> so, so,
2: is Gambit, uh, you know, he's, he's made a name for himself as a, as a thief and he's in line to, he's kind of moving up the ranks or he's like, you know, being evaluated on whether or not he's going to join the assassin's guild and, and at the, you know, his last test or whatever is to kill someone. And that's where he draws the line and decides to go off and do his own thing because then there's a, there's a, there's a, Characters that can be part of the assassins guild that are introduced as supporting characters. Obviously, um, uh, what, uh, what's her name? Uh, his his rival or his um, Belladonna. Yeah, yeah, Belladonna. Mm-hmm. And then you know there can be the the ragtag group of thieves that he's trying to recruit into his new guild or whatnot. Um, so there's plenty of room there for supporting characters and, and other voices being present for him to bounce off of.
0: Right, and if you do the Murlocs as the the ragtag thieves guild, you've got like the Mut- mutant liberation front, and that '90s fiasco of pouches and and <laughs> things. Um, oh, build, assa- you bastard! <laughs> yeah, as as uh, as your assassins guild because there's not I don't like they just they're already built in as just being kind of
2: awful. And he knows from his time, you know. Moving up or, or applying or whatever to be recruited to the Assassin's Guild, he knows that they have this, this heist coming up or this job coming up. And when he sets off to do his, his thing with the Thieves Guild, he's going to legitimize his, that whole guild by beating them to the punch and, and getting to that artifact before they do.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah is remind me is Marrow part of the is she technically part of the Morlocks?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. that would there's your there's your spunky teenager. <laughs> yeah. I just
1: I I I think when they when that whole thing came out with um with the when that whole when, when they introduced her. Yeah. I thought this is a, this is a, an interesting character that uh you could you could do a lot with and also would be visually interesting. Um it would just be so interesting just to have the soundtrack of her cracking bones off of herself. Mm-hmm. Like that's just fucking cool.
0: Uh, well, and she's the one Murloc that um uh, Murloc, I'm sorry, that's Warcraft. Morlock. Um that <laughs> <How dare>. uh, <laughs> She's the one Morloc that uh that Gambit actually saves, isn't isn't she? Yeah, yeah.
1: Now where does that happen? Where does he save her?
0: Um, it's a retcon in uh, it's it's the mutant massacre, but it's it's a retcon that when they,
1: Oh, okay,
0: yeah, because you know originally he was supposed to be um the the big betrayer of the X Men, but everybody thought he was too cool, so they were like, well, we can't make him a bad guy, and that's yeah. how we got the terrible onslaught debacle.
2: That's oh right. wait, right. that tied to onslaught. Yeah, how did that tie into onslaught?
0: Because. Gambit was supposed to be the character that betrayed the X-Men, and when they could no longer use Gambit in that role because he was so popular and making him a bad guy was not going to go over well, they're like, well, what else do we have? And so they took the excuse that at one point when um, Xavier mind-wiped Magneto, it created this like psyche dissonance in him, and that eventually evolved into Onslaught.
2: But what what how does that replace Gambit's role in in turning against the X-Men?
0: Cuz it made Professor X be the guy who turned against the X-Men. We didn't know who was going to betray the X-Men. We just knew somebody was going to
2: Like in a X-Men. future vision, like someone's yeah. going to betray the X-Men.
0: That's the whole reason why Bishop came back to the main timeline was to stop Gambit because he thought Gambit was the one who betrayed the X-Men.
2: Oh
1: Oh my god! It's like I feel like I've stepped into a time machine and I have been transported back to like night. Was that ninety nine or was that ninety nine or two thousand?
2: Somewhere around there. I oh, was like man. Bishop. What did did Bishop know who he was after when he came back, or he just knew someone and he had to keep an eye out?
0: He thought it was he was there to go after Gambit.
2: Oh wow! I had no idea.
0: And the X Men. I believe the X Men were basically like, "No, he's one of us. You can't do that." And it's kind of that whole. Um, time thing where it's like he hasn't done anything yet, so you can't...
1: Right. It's like Minority Report. Like, you know, he's like, I know he does it, and it's like, it, right. yeah. pre crime. Yep.
0: Yeah, and it turned out it wasn't him. And while and all, all of this was going on, he was also a possibility for the third Summers brother.
1: <laughs> Jesus. I'm glad they didn't do that.
2: Oh, my God.
1: Because you know what's more boring than a Summers brother or anything to do with Scott Summers? Nothing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, I was the only person when in in the third X Men movie when she ends up when she ends up killing Scott. I like everyone in the theater's quiet. I'm like, good. <laughs> 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 that character's always been boring as shit to me. Go, go! Yeah. Could you be more of a good guy, Scott?
2: I like the bones of this thing that we've got going so far. This is uh, like I'd be. I feel like we're all. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just cynical, but I feel like. This much energy doesn't go into the actual movies they put out. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't come across like it in the theater.
1: Uh... I think think the problem is, is that you, with all of these things, it probably starts out like this. The first script for anything that's terrible was probably really good. Uh And you just, it's like, you know, what's that old adage about like a camel is a horse made by a committee. Like, there's too many, like you get too many people that come in, and too many cooks. They come in, and it's it's it goes to these producers, and they're like, well, we have, but we have to put this element in, or we won't get this money, or we, we want to get this demographic, so let's put in a spunky kid, or you know, this part's too dark, let's do it. And so they, and so it ends up the original vision. It was probably really good, and just by the time it got to the end, there's so much stuff has been tacked on or picked away at it for reasons that are not authentic storytelling reasons. It just ends up being shit. Like I can't, I can't imagine someone wrote Batman v Superman and just said, "There you go." And they said yes, and like that's how it went out. Yeah. Like you, you mm-hmm. can look at these things and tell that some executive who does not understand has pulled in a favor, or has, you know, someone has had to listen to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about to make yeah. these things. And so, like I, I, I think that's why a movie like Deadpool ends up being like I consider Deadpool to be almost a perfect comic book movie mm-hmm. but I think it's because the whole point of it was that one person took it and paid for it and did it themselves like, yeah. <laughs> like that was the whole deal of it was like this is this is what this why this is good is because one person has had control over it and like the, if you look at, at you know age of Ultron versus regular Avengers or first like Avengers One was great but like Age of Ultron was full of all these problems. Yeah. And it's like because too now there's it's there's too much at stake. There's too yeah, much money.
2: We talked about having to balance all of those things, right? And yeah. Cool. That was.
1: Yeah, and you just you, you can't. it's just you end up not being able to do it. I mean, I, what I wonder what an amazing. Well, how much you know? I liked Ant Man. I don't own it, but I liked it. But I can't imagine how much more amazing the original script you know like Edgar Wright's script was. Like I want to see that. Like how much because knowing. Yeah. By the time it gets to us, it is not as good as it was, as as the original creator intended.
2: I think think groups such as this one can can work for suggesting ideas and kind of kind of brainstorming on, on what could happen, what it could be, what it, what it could include in terms of themes and whatnot. But then from that point on, it takes a, a singular vision of maybe one or two writers to actually then take that and make it work. You know. Yep. Beyond that point, if you continue to have all these different, you know, sources of, of ideas and concepts and information, then it just it, – it gets that much more difficult to really, you know – uh, 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 condense it down into a, an enjoyable story.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and also, like, you know, look at it. We've picked we've picked this guy. I have to keep going back. It was my choice. I have to keep going back and looking at his name. It's Oliver Jackson Cohen. Now, if 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 this is who everyone had in mind, and they wrote the story around this guy doing it, and they're really excited about it, and they take it to me, and I'm the one who's backing this movie. I'm about to, you know, give up $5 million of my money. Mm-hmm. I go, I don't know who this guy is. Find me another guy. Yeah. Then everything gets thrown into it, because you have to have the money. And the people with the money aren't going to make a bet, aren't, aren't going to, you know, bet on bet on a a, a new unknown horse, as it were. <laughs> so it's just, I feel really, like, I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of times, you know, movies could be better and people are, you know, and we, and we tear them apart. Like, what were they thinking? But I know that, the you know, the writers are probably screaming going, it wasn't this, it wasn't like this when we started.
2: <laughs> no I one...
1: agree with you. They wouldn't let us do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. No one sets out to make a bad movie. No.
1: Right. Exactly. Ex-
0: exactly. Awesome. What What other things is there? Anything else we need to? Because we we have been podcasting for almost Wait. three and a half hours.
2: <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about. Um. So we know we ha- I feel like we came up with a great place for where Gambit starts as a character and as a story. There's a bunch of cool, interesting possibilities for what happens. You know, during the movie, the 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 basic plot of a heist movie. Um. Where Where would you want to see this character end up at at the end of this film? Like where where is he? In what place is he as a character or a story or whatnot?
0: I feel like he ends, um, like at the end, there's kind of a last playful double cross by Belladonna, hmm. and um, and he's he's kind of walking away, sort of dejected or sorter of, sort of like okay, she got the best of me, and then maybe there's maybe it's the stinger, is you know him running into either Rogue or Storm. Or Xavier and making that
2: connection.
0: Not necessarily right. joining up yet, but making that connection.
2: Right. Um, okay. What about Belladonna? Uh, I, I like the idea that he fails. I actually love that idea that it, it doesn't work out, right? In his favor. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the stinger being something about Belladonna, you know, going to, to whoever, you know, was paying her or, 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 You know, who was the client of the Assassin's Guild, and it's something bigger, like the Shadow King or something like that.
0: Well, because I kind of, I kind of saw it as, as, um, with, uh, Kandra, that, like, the double cross, as far as the bigger picture, was that, yeah, she was going, she needed the, the Heartstone, but that she needed to, like, sacrifice somebody to power it, because I think she's an Eternal or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, yeah, Belladonna brings her the, the Heartstone, but then she basically is like absorbing Belladonna's life force or something to reactivate the heart stone. So I see. Gambit jumps in to 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 save her and finally saves the day and they they defeat um Kandra, but then um, you know, there's some sort of like you know, the the stone is still valuable so she takes it and pawns it or you know, something something along those lines where it is um you know, he still doesn't end up on, on top.
2: Yeah. Right. I, I realized that my suggestion was just very um Thanos, end uh, <laughs> of Avengers, Stinger is pretty much the same thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, but it's, you know, it's a, but it's a, but that's a good, I mean, that's, that's a, uh, it's not, the, Marvel's not the first one to use that trope.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: You know, I mean, it's like when people, you know, complain that the new, that uh, Star Wars Force Awakens was, you know, so much like a new hope. I'm like, yeah, a new hope was a good story. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like, there's a reason. Like, <laughs>
0: Well then maybe, and, and maybe there's that, maybe if you, if you're looking for that bigger story ending, that bigger kind of reveal of the ominous what's coming next, maybe, maybe the person that he sees in the stinger is, is sinister. And it's sinister cool. saying I've got a job for you.
2: That's great. Oh, like, I like that. Yeah, that's a great stinger. <laughs> it's awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, there's one last question that I wanted to throw out there to kind of, because we, we've all said that we are Channing Tatum fans. And so I feel like if we're going to take Gambit away from him, we need to give him something else. So is there a, a part that you would see Channing Tatum do better in than Gambit?
2: I love this question. Kelly, any
1: ideas? No, you, you go first, because I'm still thinking on this one.
2: Okay, um, so my first couple of choices that, that came to me like right away... Because I'm, I, I just instinctively looked at like Phase Four for Marvel and just like what, what conceivably is coming up that he could be cast in? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I am a big fan of Channing Tatum as we covered already, and mm-hmm. uh, I would love to see him in one of these films, right, in some capacity. Um, so my first idea was just based on like visuals. I was like Black Bolt um, could work as part of the Inhumans, but then I thought Channing Tatum is such a great. He brings such a great energy to his roles, you know, and he can do so much in terms of like action and comedy or whatnot. It would be a real shame to like, you know, cast him as someone who doesn't speak or make any noise whatsoever.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so then I thought, what about, um, maybe Nova? And I don't know how much of that is already, um, like is Nova even still a character or?
0: It's, it's a new character. There's, I think. Um, the original Nova's son is currently Nova and he's running around with, um, the Ms. Marvel, uh, the right. new Ms. Marvel and the okay. new Hulk. And they just started, I just bought champions number one this week. So he's like, definitely like, a thing.
2: Cause I feel like Marvel is going to, you know, that's obviously they're going towards the cosmic stories. And I feel like Nova is, is, doesn't take himself as seriously as you would, you know, initially expect a cosmic level character to take himself. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I feel like he might be good for something like that. I also kind of thought, um, Ghostwriter maybe, like Danny Ketch, like that might work. Uh. You know, Al- although it- it's a bit darker than what I would like initially like think of for Channing Tatum, but he would bring the the levity that is needed for that, um, just as part of his natural personality. Mm-hmm. Um it you know, it sucks that once his powers turn on, he's no longer Channing Tatum, so so I don't know uh how that would work. And then finally I was like, what if it's not a superhero? What if it's a villain? What what villain would he be oh. that? And I swear to god, I racked my brain. I mean, I looked at like a list of like 100 top Marvel villains and like they've all been used. Marvel has done a great job of mining <laughs> their their villain characters. Um the only one I could really come up with um and I was quite happy with this one actually was since they're doing Spider Man again, what about Eddie Brock, oh. which is Venom?
0: Might be yeah. too old. Might be too old for that. they're placing old. where they're placing in
2: Spider Man. But he is a he is a reporter. So, but yeah, I I, I I thought of that as well. He might be too old for that. But but it's a so good those, one. Those I like those it. Are my, those are my ideas.
1: So <clears throat> the only thing I could think of, um, when when like like what else he could do? I, I like the idea of him not being a superhero. Like him being like. I might want to put him with Captain Marvel, and here's why. There's a big argument about whether or not Captain Marvel needs a love interest in the in the show, because that's a big thing with women. Every time they put a woman in a movie, she, her only you know motivations are she's trying to get some man. I think it might be a nice fu to the system, to the to the patriarchy, if we put Channing Tatum in there, and he's not a love interest. Like he's like he's in the movie, and he's and he's you know he's got some sort of like major just regular human component. To the movie to prove how much she doesn't need a love interest because she can resist Channing Tatum. Because I could, I couldn't. Like <laughs> it's
0: her, it's her, it's her second evolution uh, superpower. <laughs> resisting right, <Channing> Tatum.
1: <laughs> like Carol, like Carol Danvers is so fucking badass that she did I mean it's like oh yeah no he's he's all right so about saving the world <laughs> <laughs> because I, I i like the idea too of not necessarily um typecasting him like you know like he could like to maybe just show you know showcase him as an actor and you know put that onus on everyone else that if he if he's in it he's not just magic mike like he's in there actually acting and 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 you know playing playing a good character and i can't like I'm not everyone. Everyone I know from Captain Marvel is a woman because it's a very you know. Because I've been rereading the um the Kelly Sue version and like there's just like I can't even think of any important male you know roles in the comic because all I can think of is is Carol Danvers and 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 her female counterparts. Yeah. But you know, it's almost sort of a a yes, he's a sex symbol. Let's put him. Let's put him in something where. It expressly and on purpose he won't be a sex symbol in, but um, but yeah, I mean, I know when you said to think about villains, now I'm trying to think about villain, I can't think of any villains um, that they haven't used.
2: they have used, I mean, I think the highest villain on the list that I look at, which of course is a very official list um the the top ranking the highest ranking villain that they haven't used, I think was um high evolutionary, I think, and I'm like, oh, like that's kind of for me. That villain was never a, uh, you know, I like,
1: know um, that villain.
2: um, he
0: wears pink, <laughs> <laughs> pink and white armor, and his motivations are, he's like Mr. Sinister, but more nebulous in his motives.
2: Okay. Yeah. But like, looking at their top villains, like Dr. Doom, you know, Magneto, Norman Osborn, Red Skull. Loki, Galactus, Ultron, Thanos, or Thanos, Apocalypse, Kingpin. Oh, oh, here it is, number eleven, Kang the Conqueror.
1: Yeah, like come on. (laughs) We don't need we don't need no Fantastic Four. That's just just
2: (laughs) yeah. So yeah, I mean they've they've done a great job of of using their villains. That's why when I hit on, I just thought you know Eddie Brock visually, I think it would work. I think you're right. He is too old for that, but um yeah. Too bad. I mean Channing Tatum. I think he he's there's some. There's got to be something there for him. I think. I. I feel the same way when I think of um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. You know, I feel like yes. God. This guy was made to be in a comic book movie. Like, there's. Got, when are they going to take advantage of this guy? Exactly. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. As far as my picks go, I also had Nova on my list. I thought that would be a good character for him. So I'm glad that that you were also cool. thinking that direction. Because I was thinking he really would fit very well in the New Warriors. Like, that's just kind of a, a less serious yeah. kind of feel. Um. But then I was like, alright, well if he really wants to be part of the X Men um universe, what do we have there for him? And I, I went deep cut. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of um of the exiles. Mm. Oh. And like you can't get more Captain America without being Captain America than that version of Mimic. So it, he's kind of like it's him and Blink are kind of the the leaders of that team.
2: Mimic. Oh,
1: I'd forgotten about that.
0: Yeah, Calvin Rankin.
2: I'd have to read up on that character. He's he's you basically
0: and you, and... uh he's very in that version, well in the in the main timeline, he's the the character that can that has all five of the original um X-Men's powers. Okay. And, oh, that's neat. Yeah, and so in this version he has I think Colossus North Star, um, Wolverine, and Cannonballs. I know there's like five different power sets that he has, and he can only hold on to five powers at a time, so they kind of change as the, the story progresses. But, um, he's just kind of like, he's, he's, his universe is Cyclops, where he's just kind of the, the Boy Scout, he's the, 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 you know, earnest, I'm, I'm there to, to do what's right kind of thing. And he started, right. yeah. And he's thrown into this situation that he just doesn't do well with.
2: You said Calvin Montgomery? Uh, Calvin Rankin. Rankin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the same character. Huh. That's, that's actually cool. That's one of the, to me, at least in terms of my, um, you know, familiarity with, with Marvel, uh, characters, that's, that's pretty obscure.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, I, like I said, it was a deep cut. Um, yeah. If we wanted to go less deep cut, I know that they've already used him, but we can throw away a lot of the stuff that they've used. I think, um, because if they can reboot Jubilee five times, they can reboot a different character. Um, I could see him as Multiple Man.
2: Oh, oh, that would be great.
1: That would be really good.
0: Yeah, because not only does he have kind of that that silliness to him, but we could get hundreds of him, which I think Kelly and I would be very happy with. Oh.
1: Where do I where do I donate? Where's the Kickstarter? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, that's I, I that's really go- I, I that might be my favorite out of what everybody said.
3: Uh, yeah, because you could
1: reboot cool. that. Nobody remembers who played him in the other. Who gives a shit? Like dude, now, Channing Tatum could play him.
0: Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's that's it. Those are my those Channing. Make these happen. There's plenty of suggestions. Like listen <laughs> to this and and <laughs> run with it.
1: Right. Do do what you need to do. We're here to help in any way possible.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, anything else that we want to talk about? I, we've we've been going on forever.
1: I'm good. I'm excited about our Gambit movie. Yeah,
0: yeah I think it's gonna be a lot. This I am so happy we got to do this. We've been talking about it for a while, and so the fact that it finally came together, I I don't think I could be happier with the result.
1: And I mean, this
2: is this is super fun. Do you have a? Uh... Do you have a list going for for other movies or or are you going to take it kind of like reserve this for when something comes out that's begging to be to be hashed out in this way?
0: I'm thinking I'm going to want to do this maybe once a month,
2: maybe. Oh, cool. Wow. So we'll see. Nice.
0: We'll see. We're we're I've got uh, you know when I when I was looking for somebody who knew Gambit, um I had a lot of people say, "Oh, I could totally jump in on that, but I know these properties better." And so there's a lot of people uh, who want to get cool. in on this
2: action. Looking forward to your rebooting of the entire DC universe.
0: And that honestly might be one of the next ones we do, because I think um, but but that's we're going to have to really tightly plan that out, because that would be a six hour episode. Yeah. Right,
1: four days later. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm on page 457 of the things i changed.
0: <laughs> All right. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can find us at GeekTo2.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. Let us know who your gambit would be. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Geektitude, or me personally, at Epic Graze. Uh Ray, where can we find you?
2: Uh, I am at Ray Vargas 3 all over the internet. So if you go to RayVargus3.com, you'll find my website. Uh, and across social media, you can find me at um, the Ray Vargas 3 domain. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all that good stuff.
0: And Kelly, how about you?
1: If you're into social meds, which is what the kids are calling it these days. Um, you can find me at uh at Kelly disagrees that's K E L E Y and you can always find uh ways to get in touch with me and my show at um mating habits on Twitter or just go to com.
0: And that's it. Thank you guys for joining us for this very special episode of uh of Geekitude. And remember until next time, keep it geek. I'm Void. And I'm Beach and together we're the geek to geek podcast well we make it it is kind of us but I guess it's separate every week we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while and you're invited we talk about books and movies games comics the internet or really whatever we feel like yeah that too so look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes or wherever your podcasts are sold or downloaded or
1: whatever ba, 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 ba.
0: Comics. Hey, everyone. This is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam,
2: the languishing, lascivious Liam of
0: Langley. Wow. That was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek podcast network. So join us. Bop, bop.
3: Oh, yeah.